0: Imagine a business built on what matters most to you, one inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello, my wise ones, and welcome to another episode of Work Your Inner Wisdom. I'm your host, Leisha Shea McDonough, and I'm so excited to have you join me today. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about what happens when intuition leads to fear-based action. And yes, you heard me right. I know that we have spent many episodes talking about rooting into our intuition and allowing our intuition to lead the way and to be a part of our decision-making process. But what happens when we make decisions rooted in our intuition, but eventually it leads us down the path of fear? It can happen, it does happen, and it happened to me. So I'm going to share my story with you in today's episode, and then I'm going to share the four Fs that showed up that were my sign that I had moved away from my intuition and right into the valley of fear. So get ready, because today's episode is going to be an interesting one where we kind of turn intuition on its head. And we look at how if we're not mindful, it can actually take us down the path of fear. So as many of you know, I run a small group coaching program called From Couch to Coach. And I designed it for mental health professionals, therapists, helpers, and healers who were interested in becoming coaches. And it took me a while to feel comfortable stepping into my expertise in this role. I had been working with therapists interested in coaching for quite some time, and I started seeing commonalities in what they were struggling with, what their goals were, and it became clear to me that this could very easily become a group. When I connected with my intuition, it said to me, that in many ways I could probably make a greater impact in the lives of my clients by serving them through a group because it would give them that sense of community and connection to other therapists turned coaches who were wanting to make this work as well. And don't get me wrong, I love my one-on-one work. My one-on-one clients are fantastic. But at this point, I was feeling called to start a group. And so I created The initial concept for From Couch to Coach. And when I was listening to what my clients wanted, many of them talked about how they didn't know how to start. And they weren't clear on how to build a business, how to grow a business, how to find clients, how to take potential clients from prospective to paid, all of these how-to questions. And so when I initially designed From Couch to Coach, I really try to focus it on answering those questions, because that's what my clients wanted. Interestingly enough, during that first cohort, as the group evolved, I realized that underneath those how-to questions were the deeper questions of, who am I to do this? Who am I to be a coach? Do I have what it takes to be a coach? All of that mindset work, all of the limiting beliefs that have held us back Those were showing up pretty quickly after we explored the initial how to. So that first cohort was extraordinarily helpful in terms of clarifying what the client said they wanted, coupled with what the client really needed. And I began to see that from couch to coach wanted to be a blended program where we talked about the nuts and bolts of building a coaching business, how to build your visibility, How to gain clients, all of that important stuff that's at the heart of of a strong business. But it also needed to be about the art of coaching and about how we can coach ourselves through those moments of self doubt. So when I initially decided to run this group, I reached out to people in what was then a very small Facebook community. There were maybe a hundred people in my Facebook group, especially for therapists called from therapy to coaching. But I reached out to these hundred people and I showed up and served them powerfully. I created a free five day challenge all about creating a niche and figuring out who you wanted to work with and also how to start the very basics of a marketing plan. And I showed up in that group every day and I was so excited to serve these people and to talk about how we can spread coaching. Through the world and really serve our people powerfully. And after that challenge, I then launched from couch to coach, my very first run of it. And I was thrilled to have five women join me. It was a phenomenal experience. Again, as I mentioned, I learned a lot about how I wanted to run from couch to coach, but I also learned what it felt like to launch from a place of calm confidence, to just show up as I was and to serve people the best way I knew how, which was service-oriented, really focusing on what they needed, being very responsive, and being present. Showing up in that Facebook group every day for every challenge, um, following along as everyone filled out their worksheets and watched all the videos. I mean, it was just so fun. It was such a dynamic experience that when it came time to launch From Couch to Coach, It seemed like the inevitable next step. I didn't feel nervous. I didn't feel awkward or salesy or any of that. It was really more inviting people to take the next step. They had done all of this great work this week during the challenge. And if they were ready to move forward, then I had a path that they could take. And that was from couch to coach. So that entire process of launching from couch to coach the first time felt so organic and so comfortable. Now, that's not to say that I didn't have some jitters. I mean, it's scary the first time you do anything, creating a five-day challenge, sharing it with a Facebook group, positioning myself as an expert. I definitely had some nerves going on. But underneath that, I knew that I was showing up solidly, that I was serving my people the very best I could. And I also knew that From Couch to Coach as a program was rock solid, and it was going to really change my clients' lives and help them build the coaching practice that they wanted. And looking back, I can see exactly how my intuition informed the decisions I was making, both in the challenge and in the launch period, in who joined the From Couch to Coach cohort, and how I marketed it. So I relied a lot on making personal connections, personal invitations, and really If someone was uncertain, I didn't push them. My intuition told me this was not the time to push. This was the time to invite and to trust that when people were ready, they would come. And that's what happened. That first cohort, I had five people and they were exactly the five people who needed to be in that cohort. So my intuition really led the way and I was able to marry that intuition With checking in with my clients, seeing what they wanted from me, showing up and serving them, and then also being flexible and adaptive so that when I realized they said they wanted A and they want A, but they also need B, I could show up and provide both to them. And that ultimately shaped how I moved forward with From Couch to Coach in the future. Okay. So that was my first launch of From Couch to Coach let's fast forward a few months to my second launch of From Couch to Coach. So here I had wrapped up this this first round. It went beautifully. I had great testimonials and I was ready to make it happen a second time. I knew that if it went well the first time that it had to go even better the second time. So I went all in with Testimonials and an email sequence and running the challenge. And I was going to make all of this happen again because, on some level, I felt like I had to. I was really worried deep down that I was a one hit wonder. And sure, I had done well the first time, but could I really do it again? Did I really have everything it takes to have a repeat success? So already you're probably starting to see the inklings of fear creep in. My motivation was no longer coming from a place of service. I was no longer being guided by my intuition. Instead, it was that little gremlin inside that little fraud gremlin saying, Oh, so okay, fine, you did it once, but a real entrepreneur, a real coach, she's going to be able to repeat it again and again. So let's see how good you are. So it's probably not super surprising then to hear that the energy behind that second launch was completely different than the first. I was still employing a lot of the same strategies. I had a challenge that was really solid. I was showing up every day in my group and doing live videos. I was present. But interestingly enough, the engagement on this second launch was much, much lower I was not getting as many views on my videos. I wasn't getting as many comments. And what's ironic is that I literally had about five times the number of people in my group that I did the first go round. So theoretically, I should have had five times the engagement, five times the involvement, but I didn't. And that was kind of the first sign to me that something was off. I was starting to get an inkling that this might not happen. And I allowed that... Suspicion to kind of take over. And going back when I look at some of those videos, I can see a very subtle energetic shift from the video that I did Monday of the challenge week to the videos that I did Friday and Saturday. Again, I was there, I wanted to serve, but it was coming from a place of needing to please other people, needing to convince other people that I knew what I was doing so that they would then want to invest both financially but also with their energy and their time in this program. And so this is where I started to really let fear run the show in how I launched from couch to coach. So it's probably not surprising that this cohort did not go. I had one person sign up and it's really hard to run a group program with one person. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. When that second cohort failed to launch, my initial reaction was relief. And that surprised me. I didn't quite understand why I would feel relieved about what looked like a failure. And in hindsight, I think it's because on some level, I knew that there was an energetic mismatch between the program and my readiness to run it. There was a part of me that knew that the energy I was putting out during that launch week was was not where I needed to be. I was scattered. I was unfocused and I was people pleasing. And so the type of clients that would be attracted by that energy probably are not going to be the best fit for me overall. So on some level, I think that's why I was relieved. I knew that I had not approached this launch from a good headspace or from a good heart space. And so as a result, Anything that would come from that probably wouldn't be my best work. So I mentioned that I had one person uh, register. And interestingly enough, this was someone who was interested before I even launched the second cohort. She knew it was coming. She was already on board. So she wasn't even really engaged in the launch week. And I, I think that's really telling. So I wound up working with her individually for a bit. And I took a little time to reflect on what went wrong with that second launch and what I could do differently next time, because I decided there was going to be a next time. On some level, I knew that there was a lesson in this failure. The fact that this cohort did not go, there was something in there. There was some lesson in there for me. And I also knew that it was going to take a little bit of time for that lesson to make itself known. So while I focused on my one-on-one work, I gave myself a little bit of time off from uh, the group program. And I would say it was probably about a month later that I felt ready to return to it. And when I did, when I looked back on what went wrong, I realized that there were four elements, the four Fs that showed up in force. And I really think that any one of them could have... Taken me down, and the fact that I had all four of them, it was just kind of a perfect storm. So, I want to walk you through the four F's that really blocked my success, because I think when we can identify them, then we can talk about what we can do to mitigate their effects and what type of energy we can cultivate that can counteract them. So, the first F I've already named, and that is fear. I was clearly operating from a place of fear. With this entire launch, there was a part of me that deep down worried that I didn't have that magic quality that a true entrepreneur needs in order to have a second successful launch. You know, anyone can do it a first time. That might be a fluke, but to do it twice, well, then you're legit. That was the message I was telling myself. And in a way, I think I psyched myself out of success. I was so scared that i didn't have what it took to be successful that i created my own lack of success and and i can see that now looking back i allowed my gremlins my inner fear to really run the show so i was coming from a place of fear i certainly was not coming from a place of intuition and i'll tell you this is where i got stuck for a bit because i kept going back to the idea that from couch to coach was absolutely an intuitive hit I knew in my gut that this program was strong, that it was vital, and that it would serve my people. And so I didn't understand how something that was rooted in intuition could lead to fear. And that's where I needed to separate the program from the process. So for me, the program was absolutely based in my intuition. It still is. But the way that I went about implementing my launch process. And the way I tried to bring people in and invite people into from couch to coach on that second go round, I had shut my intuition out. And so fear had taken the reins. And even though the program itself was solid, the process I was using, the sales process I was using was not, it was rooted in fear. And I think that energy really came through. Now, I can't say for sure. If you were to ask the people in my Facebook group who participated in that challenge leading up to the second launch, they may not have been able to describe that energy shift. They may have just said something like, you know, now's not the right time, or I just there's stuff going on. There would have been objections or blocks that may not have looked on the surface like it had anything to do with me. But I also believe that energy attracts like energy. And so if I was showing up with fear based, uncertain energy, then that's what I was emitting and that's what people were feeling. And no one is going to commit to something if they're feeling uncertain or fearful. And so again, I think that energy that I was putting out was influencing how others were feeling. And even if the reason they gave me for not registering was time or money, or mm, i'm just not sure this is for me i suspect my energy had a lot to do with influencing their decision so that fear was the first f that showed up the second f was force so again i looking back i can see how i was really trying to force this launch to happen i had to make this work i needed a successful second launch in order to validate my success as an entrepreneur. And so as soon as I made the stakes that dire, everything felt forceful. I had to do this. I had to push forward. Oh, I've got to, don't forget to post the video and get in the Facebook group and respond to everyone and send the emails. It all felt so forceful. So again, when you couple that fear energy with a sense of force, ooh, that is not a good combination for inviting people into a program. So I had to pay attention to the fact that I really was forcing myself to do this, forcing myself to show up. And that sense of force absolutely played into my energy and how the launch went. So for me, in this case, fear and force went hand in hand. And together, it led to the third F, which was frenzy. I Was in a frenzy. I had this frenetic, anxious feeling that was so pervasive. It stayed with me the entire week of the launch with the challenge and then moving into launching the program. And that frenetic energy. Oh, it was just so uncomfortable. I felt unsettled. I felt disconnected. And I just knew that like it was almost like I I could sense the train was falling off the tracks and I didn't know what to do to bring it back online. It felt out of my hands. I felt out of control. And it was just this horrible frenetic feeling. And so, yet again, when we come back to how we show up energetically, that frenetic energy does not feel good. And people pick up on that. And so, again, I think part of the reason that the launch didn't go was because energetically I wasn't grounded. I was coming from a place of fear and force, which led to frenzy. So, those three F's. Bring them all together, it left me feeling fatigued. And that was the fourth F. By the time that challenge week was done and I was moving into the launch, I was exhausted. And of course, I was exhausted because I had spent the last week in a very draining energetic state. As a coach, I'm trained in something called core energy coaching. And we talk a lot about the types of energy that show up and catabolic energy is energy that tends to be very draining, very disruptive, very destructive. And so whenever we are feeling fearful or combative, so it's that fight or flight mode, whenever we're in that space, that's catabolic energy. And I had been basically living in catabolic energy for the entire week or two leading up to the program. So here's the thing about catabolic energy. In short doses, it can really serve us powerfully. I mean, think about the fight or flight response that happens in response to a threat. And so when there is a legitimate threat to our safety, we need that fight or flight response to move us to take action to protect ourselves and to stay safe. The problem with catabolic energy is that when we are there over an extended period of time, when we're not responding to an acute stressor, but a chronic stressor, well, then it really drains us of our physical energy, our mental energy, and our spiritual energy as well. And so that's what was happening to me. I had anchored myself in a very catabolic energy state. And so again, it's that fear, it's that force, it's that, it's that frenzy. And so that catabolic energy state completely drained me. I was exhausted. And so when the challenge ended, and when launch week ended, and I didn't have any new signups, I think part of the reason I felt so relieved was also because I felt so exhausted. And I honestly wasn't sure I had what it took to run another group, given that energy that I was bringing into it. So again, a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy here. Here I was so scared that I was going to fail at this launch, that I worked myself up into a place where I failed at the launch. But here's the beautiful thing, and this is what I really believe. I don't believe in mistakes, and I don't believe in failure, because I do believe that everything that happens in our life has a purpose. And we have a lot of control in the purpose, in the meaning that we ascribe to it. So I could have looked at that failed launch and given it the meaning that I am a failure, that I had proved my my shadow self right, that I had no business being in business, I couldn't even repeat a program a second time, I could have made that the meaning. But instead, I made a different meaning of it. I chose instead to look at the importance of energy, and of creating a really solid energetic foundation from which to offer things to my clients. And I think in many ways, it allowed me to build my empathy for my clients who have also gone through this experience as well. Because it's hard when you create something and you put it out into the world and you get crickets or you get no's. There's a lot of pain that that comes with that. And there's a lot of shame that comes with that too. And I experienced all of that and more when this launch did not go well. But in many ways, that is a gift because it allows me to connect even more deeply with my clients who've had a similar experience because I can stand next to them and say, yes, this feeling, I know it. I've been there. My situation looks a little different than yours. And so I can't say that I know exactly how you feel, but I can say I've had a similar experience and I know the pain and the shame that comes with it. And I know the way out and the way out is to find what counterbalances each of those four Fs that I talked about. So the first F was fear. And in my life, what counterbalances fear is love. When I show up from a place of love for others, for the world around me, and for myself, when I open my heart and make connections, it drowns out fear. And so I think back to that second launch, and I ask myself, how could I have shown up for my people from a place of love instead of fear? What does a loving launch look like? And so that's a really important question. And it, it's one that I found an answer to in subsequent launches, because yes, I did go back to from couch to coach. I've had subsequent successful launches where I've sold out my cohorts, but I don't think that would have happened Had I not had the experience of not filling the group, of having a failed launch, because I was able to go back and look at what a fear based launch looked like and then come at it again, but this time from a place of love. So, what counterbalances fear for me is love and showing up from a place of love and service for my clients. So, the second F that I mentioned earlier was force, that the energy behind my actions was one of force needing to convince, needing to please, needing to be seen as an expert, and so really making it about me. And that's never a healthy place to come from. So when I think about the opposite of force, it's flow. And so again, instead of forcing my work or forcing my programs on people, it was more about creating a flow space where people felt welcome and invited. And I didn't need to go out and try to grab them or convince them. Instead, it was more about opening a channel so that they could flow into my work. And so this idea of flow, counteracting force, is something that I come back to time and time again in my life, not just with launching and not just with my business, but really anytime in my life, things feel difficult, or I feel like I'm stuck or I'm pushing, I come back to the question, what would it look like to meet this with flow? And here's the great thing. When I approach my life from a state of flow, then I don't hit that third F, that frenetic, that frenzy that I mentioned before. Instead, it kind of naturally encourages what counterbalances frenzy, and that's calm. So when I'm operating from a place of love and flow, it immediately grounds me and brings me to a very calm yet powerful place where I know that I don't have to push and strive and cajole and convince. Like that energy disappears. Instead, I can stand rooted and grounded in who I am and what I have to offer the world, confident in myself and calm Because I know that I've opened the channel for flow, and the right people are going to come to me at the right time. So when love and flow and calm are leading the way, then that fourth F, fatigue, it doesn't happen. And instead of feeling fatigued, I feel restored. And I think that is what counterbalances. Fatigue is this idea of rest and restoration. And that when we restore ourselves, we rejuvenate our energy in such a way that we can move forward and we're grounded, we're aligned, we're calm, we're coming from a state of flow, and we're really connecting with people and with ourselves from a place of love. So I hope that in sharing my failed launch of From Couch to Coach and the four Fs that showed up along the way, fear, force, frenzy, and fatigue, I hope that by sharing this with you, it models not just what what not to do, but also gives you some guidance on how to kind of counteract it if you find yourself falling into one of those four Fs. So to make room for love, to open yourself to flow, to anchor yourself in calm, and to restore your energy. Those are really the four keys to combating fear, force, frenzy, and fatigue. And so if my failure can, can help you have a different experience moving forward in your business, well, then it wasn't a failure, was it? So now let's move into this week's Make It Work Moment. The Make It Work Moment is brought to you by my book, Act on Your Business, braving the storms of entrepreneurship and creating success through meaning, mindset, and mindfulness. You can learn more about Act on Your Business at its website, actonyourbusiness.com, or head over to Amazon where you can pick up your copy in paperback or Kindle. So for this week's Make It Work Moment, I'm going to ask you to do a little reflection. I'm going to ask you to think back to a time where things did not work out the way you wanted them to. Maybe, like me, it was a failed launch. Maybe you made a proposal to a client and they said no. Maybe it was something in your personal life where it was an argument with a partner or with a friend. But I want you to think back to a time where something didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And on reflection, I want you to think about the four F's, fear, force, frenzy, and fatigue. And ask yourself to what extent one or all of those four F's showed up. Were you operating from a place of fear when you were arguing with your partner? Were you coming from a place of force of needing a client when you were trying to land that client and they said no? Perhaps there was a sense of frenzy around the last group offering you made and it didn't lead to the outcome you wanted. Were you so tired? Had you depleted your energy so much that you just didn't have anything left to give? I'm really curious to hear if and how the four F's have shown up for you when things haven't gone your way, but I don't want to leave you there. I then want you to think about a time where something happened so easily, so naturally, it was like you barely even had to work at it. It was just like divine providence. And I want you to think about that time and ask yourself, to what extent was love present? Was I in a flow state? Was I operating from a place of calm? Was my energy fully restored and replenished so I could show up whole? I'm really curious when you think about the times in your life where things have worked out and went exceedingly well for you. To what extent were love, flow, calm, and restoration present? I think when you take some time to reflect back on the times in your life where things didn't go as planned and the times where they exceeded your expectations, I'll be really interested to hear from you the extent to which the four F's showed up when things didn't work out and the extent to which their counteracting forces showed up when things did go well. And I want to hear about this from you over in the work, your inner wisdom, Facebook community. So every week I post an episode thread where you can share your thoughts and ask questions about that week's episode. So if you are not yet a member of the work, your inner wisdom, Facebook community, You can do so by heading over to the website, workyourinnerwisdom.com, and just click on the community tab. It'll take you straight to the Facebook group where you can request to join. While you're at the website, be sure to sign up for the free wisdom library. That is my collection of tools and guides and resources to help you create, grow, and build your spiritually aligned business. So that's at workyourinnerwisdom.com. Just click on the wisdom library and sign up to gain access today. You can find show notes and more information about today's episode at WorkYourInnerWisdom.com 17. I'd like to thank you for joining me again this week for another episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. It's always an honor for me to connect with you in this way. So I hope that you will join me again next week for another episode. Again, my name is Lee Shea McDonough, and I encourage you to let your inner wisdom lead the way.